Welcome to Find Myself Free, the podcast. I'm Ellie Young, alcohol-free life coach, mom, and athlete. I'm dedicated to helping others change their relationship to alcohol by sharing my journey of transformation. Fascinated by my own capacity for change after decades of gray area drinking, I'm passionate about sharing what I've learned from neuroscience and positive psychology to help you break free from the drinking cycle and unlock your true potential. Hear my personal stories of triumph and struggle as I navigate raising two boys, finding myself after 40, building a business, and doing it all alcohol-free. From women's health and cycle syncing to fasting and biohacking, this podcast is your roadmap to a healthier, purpose-filled life that starts with changing your relationship to alcohol. It's time to embrace change, find balance, and create the life you were meant for. Welcome to Find Myself Free. Welcome back and Happy New Year. This is my first podcast of 2024 and I'm excited. I'm excited to get back into it. Um, I love this time of year. I love the energy of people deciding I'm ready. I'm ready to make some positive change in my life. I love um, that for a lot of people that means dry January and that means, you know, investigating kind of their relationship with alcohol. So I think it brings up a lot of good conversations. And um, I love to be the person that people come to um, when they when they start getting kind of curious about it, because um, I'm really open minded. And believe me, when I tell you that I had no idea I could change as much as I did. And I started with a dry January back in 2021. And you couldn't have convinced me that I'd end up where I am today, that, you know, that I would be so inspired and excited about the growth that I had and the positive impact that I had in my life from going alcohol free that I would, you know, go public with it on Instagram a year into my sobriety, or that I would start informally coaching people and with success, you know, helping others, you know, change their relationship to alcohol and that I would eventually take that into a six month certification program um, and launch a business and a podcast because I am still continuing to find so much purpose and passion in helping others, you know, break free from their drinking cycles and change their lives. Um so that's why I really love this time of year because it really brings back that moment in time for me when it really all changed. And um, I'm excited to kind of share with you some of the stuff I've learned since then that has been so transformative for me um, and some tactics that you can use to help you really create lasting change in whatever it is that you're tackling right now. But obviously, I'm talking mostly about alcohol here, um, because alcohol kind of sits at the top of the pyramid of impacting every single thing in your life. Um, No matter what your goals are, if you know, you're still drinking, it's going to be impacting your trajectory towards that goal in a negative way, unfortunately, like, um, and I can say undoubtedly that removing alcohol will aid you in any goal that you have, if not accelerate it um, 100%. So um, if dry January is on your list of goals this year, move it 
to like the priority number one, because it's gonna, the snowball effect will benefit all of the, any other, all of the other goals you have. So, um, one book I'm going to be talking about today that really, really impacted me and made so much sense as I look back on my alcohol-free journey is this book by Benjamin Hardy. He's one of my favorite authors. He's a personal development, positive psychology author. He's written a ton of books and I've loved every single one of them. Um, But one of the best is called Be Your Future Self Now. And it really talks about how the power of envisioning your future self and connecting with that future self helps pull you forward and it helps kind of reverse engineer your behavior. So the more you are connected with this future version of yourself that you're kind of aspiring to, the easier you are able to kind of shape that future. And the more it drives your behavior to kind of make choices that support it. And also it and also that it helps things become more clear, you know, when you are faced with choices like is this in alignment with my goal or is it not? But when we don't have a clear picture of where we want to go or we're just kind of, you know, sh- living by the seat of our pants and showing up every day and just kind of living in reaction to our choices from the day before, it's really hard to connect with that future self and make choices to support whatever direction we want to go. Um, and that's why I correlate this so much with with alcohol because when we're drinking, we are basically setting our future self up to deal with the outcome of of our drinking. We're really living for that kind of short term dopamine boost, that short-term pleasure, that instant gratification, but our future selves is is the one who has to kind of pay the bill for that. Um, and so the what I really help people in crafting early on in dry January is envisioning this future self and really connecting to that person who's like 30 days out, alcohol-free, and how great that feels. Especially if you, you know, you've been coming out of the holidays and you're kind of pickled and you're hungover and you're just, a lot of people are very motivated and eager this time of year because the holidays have been a lot. It's been a lot of drinking, a lot of celebrating, a lot of parties, a lot of sleepless nights. And you're kind of like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Um, But that motivation does fade after a couple of days. The, um, The pain of the hangover, once you've kind of detoxed a little bit and the pain of the hangover is gone which the hangover is essentially alcohol withdrawal and that the withdrawal creates physical cravings. Your body's like depleted. It's low in dopamine. It wants more alcohol to boost its dopamine up. That is, that is essentially a hangover. Once that fades after, you know, three, three days, um, then the mental cravings kick in. And that's when you have all of these beliefs, these subconscious beliefs that are trying to convince you to drink again. They're trying to, you know, be the answer to whatever it is you're facing in your life. You're like, oh, I'm stressed. Oh, I'm lonely. Oh, I need to cope with this thing. Alcohol is just like, your brain is like, drink some alcohol, drink some alcohol, drink some alcohol, because we've been conditioned to do it for decades. We have given alcohol so many jobs and we just outsource that. We're just like, 
we don't even think about it. It's so automatic. Um, and that's why dry January becomes so challenging for people is they're like, Hey, I don't have a problem with alcohol. I haven't had any rock bottom moment. I haven't had, you know, some sort of bad thing happen to me where I've had to consider like, Oh, am I an alcoholic? You know, this, the shame of that question for people really deters anyone from investigating their relationship with alcohol. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's a waste of time essentially to be like, do I have to give up alcohol? Do I need to do that? Because it really doesn't matter. What matters is the question of, will you be more well without, without alcohol in your life? And the question is undoubtedly yes, yes, yes. So I, a lot of people are intimidated by dry January because one, they don't want to have to say like, oh, I have a problem. So I need to do dry January. It's like, no, I'm pursuing wellness. And when you shift the conversation away from like what it means about you having a problem or an addiction or dependency, whatever you want to call it into, Hey, I'm using this as a way to evaluate my relationship with alcohol and to pursue wellness. Because at the end of the day, Alcohol is an addictive substance and it's addictive to every human brain. It is literally just brain chemistry. When you give your brain something that raises, that boosts dopamine to such an artificial level, the brain then course corrects by, by sending out dynorphin, a neuropeptide. You can think of dynorphin as like the opposite of endorphins. It's a downer. It pulls you down. And then the brain again reacts by sending out stress hormones. So it's just like this roller coaster that you go on. But that giant boost in dopamine and the brain correcting by pulling you down, it creates a craving for more of the substance you just had. That is the very nature of an addictive substance. And that is what alcohol does to all brains. And so you know, I question a lot of people who come into it and say, you know what, I have a really healthy relationship with alcohol. I don't need to do something like dry January to like prove anything to anybody. But no matter what, I, I would challenge anybody who says that I have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Side note, can you really have a healthy relationship with something that is a toxic, addictive substance that is a neurotoxin? Mm, arguably, I don't think so. But if you ask that person to say, heck, oh, you have no problem with it, cool, then take 30 days off. Let's see how you do. Let's see if you have cravings. Let's see if you have moments where you're just like, oh, this is harder than I thought. Because guess what? Everyone will feel that way. You know, it's just the nature of alcohol and and the ubiquitousness of alcohol in our culture. It's at every turn you are faced with it about, oh, are you going to drink in this occasion? Are you going to drink in this occasion? You, you know, you can't get away from it. It's literally everywhere. So um, I digress. I want to get back to this future self um, connection. So a lot of this um, in understanding our connection to our future self is, you know, knowing your why for your behavior it helps, it helps you define your why. When you are really connected to this future self, then you get to, kind of, like I said before, reverse engineer. If I am committed to this alcohol-free person 30 days from now that is thriving alcohol-free, that it, then it allows me to feel more 
empowered in the choice that I'm making on day one or day two or day three, whatever it is for you. You don't have to, because you are so focused on the, this, the benefits that this future self has gained, you can connect to that good feeling and the choice to not drink, it, it is fueled by positive energy. It is fueled by positive emotion versus if you are just thinking of day one and you're just like, oh, I have to deny myself this thing and I'm missing out and this is going to suck, you know, then confirmation bias kicks in. Our brain is now going to look for evidence to say, yeah, this does suck without alcohol. This is boring. This is awkward. I am stressed and annoyed. And man, a drink sure sounds good right now. Um, so the brain really can work in your favor or it can really work against you. And so this tactic of envisioning your future self and really, really like closing your eyes and tapping into that good feeling, how, how does this person wake up every day now? Are they waking up you know, without a hangover, feeling, you know, no, no anxiety, no shame from the night before, you know, no headaches, no sweats, you know, just actually waking up feeling like, wow, I had a great night's sleep. I'm, I'm energized. I'm excited about my day. I'm looking forward to it. I'm proud of myself because I've done, I've done this, this thing. And, you know, you're more connected to the people in your life because you're not ruminating and filled with anxiety. Um, and so I, I really, I help people in my dry January, I'm, I'm going to be doing some future self visualizations. And I take you guys through these steps of really connecting with that person and allowing your brain this kind of future sampling of how good it feels to be that alcohol-free 30 days out and thriving. And for a lot of people, this is difficult because you cannot imagine your life without alcohol in it. I know I couldn't. I know for the longest time, I couldn't even picture it because it was so enmeshed in my life. And all I thought about was shame. All I thought about was I would be lonely that I would be isolated, that it was some sort of like punishment, that if somehow I was somebody who had a problem and that I had to punish myself by removing myself from this like part of our culture, I thought it was going to be miserable. But that mindset was doing me such a disservice. And it really wasn't until I started investigating my those beliefs that I thought like, would I be lonely without alcohol? Would I be less joyful? Would I not find things as funny? Would I not be as funny? Would my life be over if I wasn't like participating in drinking? I had to kind of break down those beliefs and really challenge them and, and then experiment with it and to really like test it and go like, you know, I was a kid once. I didn't need alcohol to enjoy myself, to have fun, to connect, to like, you know, have the best time of my life. And so re reimagining myself without alcohol was really, really hard to do. But that's why I'm here now is to try and paint that picture for you. Um, because I actually didn't have this. I didn't have this, this particular science tactic when I was going through my, the beginning phases of my alcohol journey. 
Um, this is something I've learned later and now it makes so much sense. Um, so this is something I want to give to you is that like literally picture yourself, you are laughing, you are thriving, you are connecting with others and you feel amazing. You feel healthy and you feel authentic. You're not using a substance to kind of create some sort of state for you. This state already exists inside you. You don't need the alcohol. And this does take practice. This takes time to tap back into that part of yourself because you have been relying on alcohol for a very, very long time. You have been giving alcohol a lot of jobs and a lot of credit for anything fun in your life. You're like, oh, it's because I was drunk. Oh, I need alcohol to make this fun. And if the alcohol is not there, I'm going to have a shitty time. You need to call bullshit on yourself and you need to actually envision your future self without alcohol, enjoying themselves and reconnecting with that part of yourself. And another thing that's important here is that you're not going to be doing the same things you did while you were drinking. And that's usually because you find out that a lot of these things aren't fun without alcohol. And that's okay. You know, you can, what happens then is your world just expands and it opens up and you start doing new things. You start connecting with this part of yourself that was like, oh, that's right. I am kind of interested in these things and I don't need alcohol to go do these things. And your true self comes out. Your true interest, your true passions, and you start being drawn to different types of people as well, because you're like, I'm not using alcohol to dull myself down where I can just be like, Oh, I can get along with the masses. Now I can laugh at the stupidest things. I can sit around people that I don't really enjoy. And I'm just tolerating things. It really does just dull you down. And so I want to kind of wake people up during this time of year and say, Hey, the second you can shift your mindset away from this feeling like a big marathon of deprivation, and you're doing it just to kind of prove something to yourself or prove to other people, or maybe just maybe superficially, like I was in the beginning, like I'm just trying to lose weight, right? I just want to like not feel bloated and pickled. And I want my skin to look better and my eyes to not be bloodshot. And I want to not look like 10 years older and I want my energy back. You know, I want to sleep good, like all these things I wanted, but I didn't envision that, that my, my future self could, could be enjoying their life alcohol free. I knew enough to know that I needed to cut it out temporarily, but I never imagined that once I got enough days under my belt that I would feel so good that I would be like, why would I go back? Why would I go back to that person who was kind of stuck in that cycle who thought I needed alcohol? And this stuff takes time. It really, really takes time to sink in. And that's really what I want to help you do is, is get this information and let it sink in your subconscious. And then it has to be repetitive. You have to keep hearing it. You have to keep reminding yourself of it. Every time those cravings for alcohol come up during this month of dry January, you have to catch that craving thought and you have to say, wait a minute. Well, look at that. I just thought 
alcohol was going to help me do this, help me relax, help me connect, help me, you know, whatever it is you're telling yourself. I really thought a drink sounded good. Catch yourself, step back a second and pull yourself out of that subconscious behavior and say, wow, look at that. Just become aware of it. And at that point, you have a choice. Do you go on autopilot and do you satisfy the craving with alcohol and justify it for whatever reason you're going to justify it for? Or do you say, here is my moment to connect with my future self that is thriving alcohol-free and say, I want to be that person. I want to be the person who has the energy, who has, you know, authentic connection with people, who's waking up without a hangover, connect with that person. That is you. You know, what are, how are you going to set that person up for success? And so if you can catch that moment and then say, okay, I now am going to do something else. I am now going to substitute a new behavior. And the thing is, this takes work and this takes intention and this takes planning. And this is what I help my my clients do throughout dry January is we get really, really specific about like, how am I going to set myself up from the moment I wake up in the morning throughout my day and into the evening with a game plan? Because we know that cravings are going to come up. We know our brain is going to be our worst enemy. It is going to be constantly trying to talk you into having that drink. It's going to come up with so many reasons. And so the exercise of sitting back and observing yourself and catching those craving thoughts and those, those moments and saying, okay, look at that. That is telling me what I believe about alcohol. I believed alcohol was going to be good in this moment. I believed alcohol was going to help me. Is that really true? And when you start to dissect these things, you find out, no, it is not true. Alcohol was going to make this worse. At the very best, it was going to numb me out, you know, give me a 20-minute buzz, and then all bets are off and it starts to wreak havoc on your system. And now you are just in, you know, recovery mode. You are your brain is just now in this reaction mode, sending you on a you know homeostasis roller coaster of trying to balance you out, right? And these things, it lingers in your system for days on end. So one major tip I can give you during dry January is I know I stress, I stress progress over perfection. And I also stress, don't shame yourself if you slip up because it's completely ineffective to help you keep going. But you should know, and this should be ammo in your armor against, you know, and and as far as creating that future self is that Every day that you stack up is a day that you get healthier and healthier. Is a day that you give your liver a chance to heal. It's a day that you give your brain a chance to create homeostasis, your pleasure circuits. It's a day that you give yourself a chance to for the little things to start feeling good again. You know, that's one of the hardest things um, to to explain to people is that Tolerance for alcohol affects tolerance for all joy in your life. As your brain um, becomes, as you start to drink more and more, and it requires more and more for you to get a buzz, 
your brain becomes desensitized to dopamine, serotonin, GABA. So it requires more alcohol to get you that buzz. It also requires more of anything that's going to give you dopamine to give you joy. That's why the little things stop feeling good anymore. And you kind of take on like more of a depressive state. Alcohol is a depressant. And what people find when they cut alcohol out is after time, when you start to kind of achieve balance again, homeostasis, the little things start to feel good again. And a lot of people, I, I call this the rose, I think it's called the rose colored glasses effect or the pink, pink cloud effect. It's a phenomenon and it's real. And you're like, oh my God, everything looks beautiful. Oh my God, my dog looks so cute. Ah, oh, my kids. Like you catch yourself feeling joy again. And that is your brain resetting. And so you really, truly are happier, have the capacity to, to feel more joy without alcohol in your life. And so envisioning your future self, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about you are going to find beauty everywhere. You are going to experience more awe in nature all around you with your kids, with your family. You're going to be more present You're, all the time. Because your brain is not in recovery mode. It's not in rumination mode. You are going to actually like be so present to the good and the bad. Yeah, there's moments in this journey where you feel really raw because you are no longer numbing. And so it gives you this opportunity for the painful things when you're like, God, this is really bothering me. This is something that is like really makes making me anxious. These are things that are really painful. These are really uncomfortable things. Instead of numbing it, it gives you the opportunity to address it head on. And that's a gift, but it's painful. And if you've been numbing things for a really, really long time, yeah, you, it's, it's time to kind of pay the piper. It is time to fix these things. And they are fixable. What's not gonna fix it is the alcohol. Um, it's just kicking the can down the road to a future self that is hungover, more anxious and more depressed. So I really encourage you to connect with this future self and imagine yourself living your best life alcohol free. Picture it. Picture yourself laughing, connecting, waking up, pursuing your dreams, you know, being with your kids, spending time with your loved ones, doing all the things that like create, paint your ideal picture, paint your ideal life without alcohol in it. And know that like, it's going to be a different life than the one that you're currently living with alcohol in it. It's going to look different and that's okay. You're not going to be duplicating the life you're currently living and just extracting the alcohol. That's what happens in the beginning is you try to kind of continue to do the same things, but then eventually you're like, you know what? I don't really love this. I don't really love sitting in a room with a bunch of other people getting progressively drunker as I sit here and I'm sober and, and you know, sharp as a tack. You're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go do something else. And that is an amazing moment in your life when you when your world starts to open up and expand and that is the future self i want you to connect with who who is that person what are you going to do how is your life going to change look at how much my life has changed 
a year into my sobriety on my 41st birthday, I had went for a five mile run and I posted on Instagram. I said something along the lines of like, I don't know who said the thirties were, were the greatest, you know, 40, 41 is where it's at. And then I just shared, I shared that I am now a year alcohol free and I was pretty vulnerable in this post, more vulnerable than I had ever been on social media. And I wasn't even a big social media person. I'm 42 now. Um, I'm about to be 43 and I'll be 43 in March, end of March, actually. So, you know, in this post, like I wasn't a big Instagram person. I think I only ever shared pictures of my kids and their sports and a couple funny things here and there, but I was really insecure on social media. I didn't know it wasn't a part of my nature to really be a sharer on Instagram. Um, but for some reason, this outlet and this moment, I did it. And people started coming out of the woodwork and, you know, celebrating it with me. And it was a really powerful moment to go public with something like that, that most people are ashamed of. And to be honest, I still carry a lot of shame about it, even though I know it's so normal, even though I know there are so many people out there like me, so many women, so many moms who, you know, are echoing my story. And that's, that drives me a lot more now is to know that like, if I, if I didn't share, you know, maybe the person who needed to hear my story wouldn't have heard it and maybe it wouldn't have impacted them and they would still be suffering and, and struggling. And so that definitely fuels me now. Um, and by sharing my story and, um, you know, I was so uncomfortable after the fact, but because I got such fat positive feedback from people and people asking me questions of people wanting to know how I did it. And I just started connecting with these people and kind of informally coaching and, and other people started having success too and started changing their relationship with alcohol. And it was like, this conversation was no longer in the dark and it, it was incredibly inspiring to to do that. And I, to this day, I'm still kind of getting goosebumps about like that moment when I started sharing and then how I continued to share. And I probably overshared. And, you know, my family, my, my, my husband in particular, had, having to kind of deal with the, the, I wouldn't call it fallout, but I would call it just aftermath of people being like, whoa, whoa, you know, your wife is doing this thing now. She's like talking about this thing. And, um, you know, for him, I think he ended up having to field a lot of conversations with people who, you know, people get really, it's funny when you share your sobriety story, most people instantly want to tell you about their relationship with alcohol. And they usually come at it in a very defensive way. Like, well, I, you know, I only drink on these types of occasions and I'm a social drinker and I blah, 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 blah. And they, and I'm like, cool, great. You know, that's awesome. You know, if they want to know more and they want to start asking questions, great and all, but it really, all I'm doing is kind of holding up a mirror for people and it forces them to kind of measure themselves against me. A lot of people really want to know more about the kind of darkness of it. And, you know, because I drank for all the reasons. Most people really only saw my super social party 
party mom, you know, um, we held all the parties. I was very, um, friendly, gregarious, outgoing drinker and people didn't see, you know, the other darker kind of lonely coping side. And so I think sharing that makes people kind of, they want to, they want to like measure themselves against me to be like, am I that bad? Am I like this? Am I like that? And so I, again, I want to encourage anybody who's approaching this, that it's not, there is no like line in the sand about like, yes, you 100% should do this. You need to do this. It's, it's always going to be a gray area. There is no diagnosis there. Everything is a self-assessment. And if alcohol is not showing up in your life in a way that serves you, and again, I always kind of question like, like, who is it really serving? You know, it's, it's toxic. It's cancer causing. It is all the things that aren't great for you. It supports zero of your goals. It's sabotaging. In fact, every one of your goals when people want to defend it. And I get that drinking's never going to go away, but I do encourage you to just investigate your own relationship with it. It's not going to hurt. It's only going to, it's only going to help. I don't know anybody who wishes they drank more. In fact, everybody I know who drinks, drinks more than they want to and has had bad hangovers and, you know, makes promises to themselves. Well, you know what? I'm only going to have one drink tonight and they tend to drink more or even that one drink makes them feel like shit. So it's, it's a struggle for everybody. And I don't, I don't want to demonize it. Although I, I kind of think I am, but at the same time, I just want people to open their eyes up to what it really is and what it really does. And to know that like the best thing you can do for yourself for your future self is to remove alcohol. It will change your life in so many ways for the positive and not to mention the, the relationship that you can have with your children when you are not self-medicating in any way, shape or form is phenomenal. The growth that you can have there because you're no longer just tolerating your kids. You're no longer just tolerating motherhood. You're like, you're in it and you, and it's still hard, but you see these little people that are watching you and they, they, they are not going to do what you say, but they are going to do what you do. And so them seeing me navigate life now alcohol free and the highs and the lows and the difficult stuff and know that like hey like there's a substance out there that most people drink but I don't drink it and that that to me is like it's priceless it's priceless that they get to see me doing this and know that it's possible that they're not going to be growing up in a world where they think that alcohol is like necessary or that it's going to be completely normalized for them to be like, yeah, I don't drink. Yeah, I don't need it. Do I still fear? I have massive fear of them drinking at some point. And I know they will. And I know, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to navigate that. I have a whole podcast on that, which I need to, I need to do an update on that because it's still on my mind and I've read more and I want to share more about that. Um, but right now, 
um, I want to coach you into connecting with that future self that is thriving, that is 30 days out, January 31st, when you have made it and how good you feel, how inspired, how empowered and how you never would have thought it's possible. And now you're like, what else is possible? When alcohol is no longer the center of your world, your world expands. You are no longer like limited by this kind of narrow existence that alcohol creates. And it's just simply incredible. You know, this is my, you know, 11th, I think this is my 11th podcast and I'm incredibly proud of it. And I'm going to keep going. I'm very excited for where this is headed. I have a lot of people who want to be guests on my podcast that I'm going to be bringing to you um, this year as it grows and expands. And if there's anything you guys want to hear me talk about this month, I'm going to be doing a lot on dry January. I'm going to be doing a lot on habit change, um, the psychology of it all, because what I love most, I love learning about positive psychology, but then I really love learning why it works. I love learning about the neuroscience and I kind of geek out on that stuff, but it's effective. And so I'll be the nerd who goes and digests the information and then I'll share it with you and I'll give you the like cliff notes for how you can apply it in your own life. But this one, this future self visualization, if you want to join my dry January, go to my um, website, findmyselffree.com, sign up for a dry January, and it's absolutely free. We're going to meet every Friday at 1230 Pacific Standard Time um, for about an hour. And I will just open the call with some coaching tactics and tips. And it's an incredible supportive community. You don't have to do this alone. I really, really encourage you to get a friend, join the group. I also send out emails um, all month long with extra bonus coaching videos and tactics and tips. And um, I, I know that supporting yourself with information that is going to engage you, that is going to challenge your subconscious beliefs about alcohol that's where the key to transformation lives. It's in the new information. Don't try and jump into this month just trying to use willpower and just jump right into behavior change. You need to work on your thoughts and beliefs about alcohol. And I can help you do that in my free dry January course. Um, this year could be the year it changes for you. And nobody has to commit to not drinking for the rest of their lives. I did not commit to that. That was not my plan. Um, it's just what happened because I felt so damn good afterwards, but every day you show up and you say, I'm just not drinking today. And I give you the tactics and tools to like face the anxiety, to face the cravings, to face the awkwardness of navigating life alcohol free for that day. You can do it and it's so worth it. And I'm really just inspired and excited to be seeing, um, my group so far and engaging with them because I just, I see their future selves. I can envision it for them and it's incredible. So check out findmyselffree.com to join dry January. And as always, I am with you. You got this. Hey team. You've just listened to an episode of Find Myself Free. 
And if some part of this left you wanting more, if your curiosity has been piqued and your intuition is telling you, I'm ready for more, I'm ready to look at my relationship to alcohol and find out just how much it's holding me back, then check out my coaching offers at findmyselffree.com. For those ready to kickstart a change privately on their own time, I offer the Brave Course, a seven-day program to shift your mindset around alcohol and connect with your future self. This is chock full of all the information that was key to my transformation. If you're looking for additional support, I also offer one-on-one coaching. I worked with a coach for four months at the start of my alcohol-free journey, and it made all the difference. Being able to talk to someone who knew what I was going through and could help me navigate my new world gave me a foundation of support I could build on, and it's a big reason why I'm a coach today. I want to help others find their freedom and level up their health. If this sounds good to you, then connect with me at findmyselffree.com. Listen to that intuition that was telling you you are meant for more. I'm with you. You got this.